around the world, locally, with family and friends. House of Destiny International Ministries presents Senior Pastor Dr. Larry Manley with today's message of a spiritually vibrant connection with God. We hope that you enjoy the viewing. Dr. Larry Manley, Senior Pastor here at House of Destiny International Ministries, located in beautiful Boiling Springs at 302 Costner Road. We hope today's message will be a revelation to your soul to draw you closer to the Kingdom of God. of this message is called man interesting topic I said that to the Lord the title of it is called man and we're going to begin reading and <clears throat> at begin reading at verse number three and Psalms chapter number eight verse number three are we there <clears throat> verse number three says when I consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. I, my first thought, I, I began to ask the Lord, I said, what was going on in the summer's life when he, he, when he wrote this particular text and I began to, to search it out and try to find some answers and then I saw the, the Holy Spirit in regards to this particular text um, especially about David I said well God what was David what was going on in his life and this morning interestingly um, about four o'clock this morning uh, when, when we were we awakened this morning I saw something that, that, that God hadn't given me prior to but I got the answer to my question in, in, in chapter number eight, right before, there's a heading that says, to the chief musician upon uh, Gaithoth, a, a psalm of David. Now, I looked up that word musician, and it doesn't necessarily mean what we think as a musician. That word, that musician, it means to glitter from afar. That's what God, that's interesting. And then he talks about upon uh, guiltite. And I said, okay, God, what does that word guiltite mean? What does that word mean? And he says, wine press. When I look in the Hebrew meaning of it, it means wine press. So, so God says to me, he said, what was happening when, when, when David, the beloved, penned this particular text that, that he was gazing from afar off. He was glittering from afar off, but he was up on a wine press. Now, the purpose of a wine press is to crush, to, to, to get out of you what's in you. And, and, and he was going through. So then I, I went down to my scripture in, in verse number three, and it says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, 
the moon and the stars which thou hath ordained. Now, it had to be at a time of nighttime. And when you talk about nighttime, you always think about adversity because he was in a night season. He was in a time of adversity. So he's gazing because of the fact he's on a wine press. He's really going through some things. So he begins to ponder. He begins to ask God questions because he begins to, to gaze in the universe. And when he, what he saw was the heavens. He, he speaks, he says, when I consider, when I think about the, the heavens, the work of his fingers. Now, I looked up that word uh, fingers in the Hebrew, and even though one part said it means to grasp, but it also means something else in the Hebrew. It means to dip into a coloring fluid, uh, a dye or diverse colors. So I said, okay, God, what, what does that mean? He said, what David saw in the heavens, he saw the beauty of God, the, the splendor of God, and it made him wonder, what is it about man after your great vast uh, 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 splendor of your universe and your, uh, uh, your architectural abilities, you being such a great architect, why is it you, you look at man and you even consider him when I see the magnificence of the universe? It, it, it was just literally amazing, and I pray that you all can feel what I feel even now, especially when God began to show me this revelation. So then he talks about the moon and the stars. Now, in the Hebrew, that word moon there means month. But then that word month also means to repair. It means to renew or to, re, to rebuild. And the word stars there, it, it, it's like God says, stars are love. It means rolling. But it means a movement. So what he saw was the movement of God in the heavens, and it was amazing. It literally blew his mind, you know, when he gazed upon the skies, the, the, the universe, and he saw the works of God's hand. And then he said, but after seeing all of this, what is man that you are so mindful of him? What is man? And, and so, therefore, I looked up the word man. Before I get to the man, I want to say about this word, the what. It, we got to always look at those little bitty words. So, in verse number four, it says, what is man? Now, that word what, that means to what end or to what good or what purpose is man. But man here doesn't normally mean man as mean in the sense of human being. It means in his, his, his character. It means his frailty, his weakness, his sickness, and he's feeble. So he says, what is it about a feeble creature, one that is weakly, one that is sickly, that you would even take note of him? Especially what I see, all that I see that you've done in the, in the universe, that you, you brought forth the stars and the moon and all these different things. The, when I see the movement of you, God, what is this man, this, this frail being, this, this, this feeble person that has so many deficiencies and, and, and he's frail? He says, what is man? What is man that thou art mindful, mindful of him? Now, that word mindful there in the Hebrew means to be recognized, to be remembered, or even to mention. So he said, like, this frail, this frail, feeble, sickly human being, 
What is it about him? I mean, his purpose. What is the purpose that you have for man when you've got all this going on and you can do anything, but yet you chose this feeble person, this sickly being to, to turn around and he says, not only to be mindful of him, look at verse 4, he's, he's the son of man, he's a builder, he said, but thou hast visited him. In other words, what is it about man that you care so much about that you would oversee his affairs? Think about it. Think about our own life, that a supreme God would want to oversee the affairs of our life. That's amazing. I mean, I'm like, my God, my God. David had to, when he began to pin this thing, there was something about what he saw and what God revealed about the purpose of man. And watch what else he showed. He said, not only does he oversee his affairs, He's so attentive to, to man, even though he's frail, even though he's feeble, even though he's sickly, even though he has these deficiencies. Then he goes on and say in verse number, uh, verse number five, he says, For thou have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, what well, we've got to stop right there because that word angel don't mean angel. In the Hebrew, the word angel there means Elohim. And, and Elohim is another name for God. So what he's saying, he said, this frail human being, this sickly human being with all of the hang-ups and the deficiencies, you made him a little lower of yourself. That's amazing. A little lower of God himself. He didn't say a whole lot. He said, he didn't say lower. He said, just a little lower than himself. This old feeble creature that got, got all these hang-ups and all this, 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 this craziness. But yet God is so attentive to him. And then he goes on to say, watch what he does. He says, and we're looking at verse 5, and he says, and has, has crowned him with what? Glory. Oh, my God. Glory and honor. Crown him with glory and honor. And that, that word there, crown, means he has encircled, he has encircled man with his glory. His glory representing himself. He has God what God did, he took some of him and he crowned us. He crowned mankind with some of himself. See, so, so, and, and that whole purpose is is to is this like glory is like a protection. A protection from, from attacks. And I'm like, God, that, that is so, so amazing. And then not only did he crown him with that glory, which is representative of himself, but then he gives him honor. He gives him honor. I mean, a feeble creature as we are, he has given us honor and glory. I'm like, oh, God, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, let's go to, I'm going to get too fast here. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrew chapter number two. Hebrew chapter number two. Hebrew. Talking about man. The title of our subject is called man. Man. So often we want to discredit man so bad. <laughs> but, but God don't see man the way we see man. Now, Hebrew chapter number two. I want, I want us all to get there. Because we want us walk through the word and, and see what God is saying. Are we there? Hebrew chapter 
number two. Begin looking at verse, let's read verse number five. Begin verse five says, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection. Here, angel represents angel. The world to come where we speak. Verse six says, But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man? What is this feeble creature? This, this creature with deficiencies. This, this, this creature that, that's frail. That thou art mindful of him. Or the son of man that thou visited him. And verse 7 says, Thou made him a little lower than the angels. There's a repeat of Psalms 8. And thou crowned him with glory and honor. And watch this. And didst set him over the works of thy hand. Why is it that God would take a frail creature and put him and give him dominion over the works of his hand? That's amazing. That, 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 that is literally amazing. Then he goes, he says, he, he goes on, and verse number 8 says, Thou hast put all, y'all remember that word, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. Now, that word subjection, that means being under, uh, uh, being under the power or having dominion, and then under another one's control. So what God has done, he says, he had put everything under the control of man. Under control, a feeble creature. He said, thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. All right, now Job chapter number 19. Are we there? I want to make sure everybody's there. Okay, Job chapter 19, looking at verse number 9. Verse number 9 says, he has stripped me of my what? glory and taken the crown from my what so so what did god in the beginning of the psalm what did david say that god had crowned him with what glory and honor here job sees something yes job see that man had lost glory and honor he says he has stripped me out of he has stripped me of my glory and taken the crown from my hand. What, what man, what happened with the first Adam in the garden? Jesus Christ himself restored the glory. So we, we got that image and that likeness and that, 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 that reflection of God. We got it back through Jesus Christ. He restored that which we lost. Powerful. Then it goes on to say, watch, watch what verse number 10 says. Verse 10 says, For it became him... For whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing what? Many sons into where? Unto glory. Bringing us back to our original state through Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, that's, 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 Lord God, that's powerful. He says, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Because we cannot get to God in our flesh. We, 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 the, 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 the makeup of man, it, it, we can't reach the God because of the fact, see, we got to be in a place of walking in the spirit because, see, God is a spirit. And because he is a spirit, spirit can only relate to spirit. And a lot of times we don't understand what's going on or what's happening because we are trying to operate in, in that fallen state rather than walking in the Spirit of God and then being able to, to, to pray and, and seek God's face and he will direct our lives and then we can hear from heaven.
Now, Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse number 18. 18 says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time. Most of us do not like to suffer, right? I'm going to be real. I don't like to suffer. I don't like to suffer. But you know what? There's something that takes place in suffering. Even though we don't like it, there's something that takes place when we go through it and accept the will of God. Amen. He, say, he, says, he says here uh, in the book, he says, For I reckon that the suffering, meaning the hardships, the, the pain, the, the afflictions, the persecutions, those things that we undergo, that's what suffering is, of this, he says, what kind of time? Present time. Present time are not worthy to be what? What's the next word? Compared with what? The glory. So this, we, whatever we're going through, it cannot even uh, uh, measure a whole weight with the glory that God has upon that he has crowned man with. I mean, when you really think about the things in our life that we go through and we think about glory and the glory being the resemblance of God and being crowned, being protected with the glory, that those things that we go through, it says they're just like a light affliction. It can't even be compared to the glory. And that's why I said sometimes when we go through so much, I said, God's got to be something on the other side. There's something on the other side that the enemy does not want us to get to that's why when we go through all that we go through, we've got to be in a place, okay, there's a breakthrough. There's something on the other side there. There's something there that the enemy does not want me to get to. So he brings hardship. He brings pain. But God wants us to remember it cannot be compared with the glory, watch this, which shall be revealed in us. That word revealed, that means to be uncovered. Oftentimes, we have not uncovered what it is God really has for us because most times it's always woe is me. Anybody been there besides me? <laughs> uh, the glory. There's something that's supposed to be revealed. There's something that's got to be uncovered and once the light switch comes on, then we say, okay, God, I got it. God is going, was going to be doing a separation uh, between the sheep and the goat. We talked about unveiling that bride. You remember? And how God was going to begin to expose the, the, the real bride, the true bride, and from that counterfeit, okay? Now, and he even talked about the weather, that how, how the, 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 the creation, the, the things that God has made, how it's in such a turmoil. If you, if you even took the time to even think about what's really going on, the, 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 the universe, the earth, is crying out. I, I mean, I mean, blizzards everywhere. I mean, I mean, uh, snow. I mean, sub zero temperatures. Some places down below twenties and, and then the negatives, even into thirty-five, negative thirty-five. That's not normal. That's not normal. But the creation is groaning. Let me now we get him because the word is here. The word speaks for itself. Whenever the veil is removed, the veil of ignorance. Now, ignorance is not a bad word. It means something you don't know. That's what that means, something that you don't know, you know. But then when we look at verse number 20, it says, For the creature was made subject to vanity. Then it says, what? Not willingly. In other words, it didn't want to be that way. It didn't want to be that way. It says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, 
but by the reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Verse 21 says, because the creature itself also shall be what? Delivered from what? Bondage. Do you not know that even the, uh, the things that we see in nature is in bondage? And the reason why it's, it's in bondage is because the original state of, of the Garden of Eden, uh, it didn't need the, the normal in the very beginning. It didn't need the water from heaven. There was a mist that came from beneath the ground and watered the, the garden. Adam didn't have to labor. Only when sin came into the play, when laboring came or work came into play. I mean, so, so the things that we see now is all a result of what happened way back then in the garden. When it comes back even to ourselves, the things that happen to us, thank you, Holy Spirit, for this. The things that happen to us, uh, it is a result, and it will affect the Garden of Eden right now is within us. It will affect the, the beauty. It will, it will affect the, 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 the splendor of God that's on the inside of us. Because there's a lot of things we have to labor for. And I'm not necessarily talking about work, work. But we labor. We labor in so many ways. We have birthing pains in so many ways. God, you're just so awesome. Awesome, God. Awesome. Now, first going back to finish verse 21, it talks about how because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage. Praise God for deliverance. Amen. It says deliverance of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. You see, as you're going forward, you know, it's, it's parallel. As, as, as good going forward, then there's a parallel thing. That's a parallel track. Evil is going there too. Because it doesn't want you to reach your destination. It doesn't want you to reach your destination. So it's, it's got to have its tracks there too. But praise be God, we got a God. We got a God that can get us there. We might get there limping. We might get there. I told Dr. Miles, we might be get there bare, but we at least we'll be there. Amen. Um, maybe get there with one arm, one eye, but at least we will get to that destination. Oh, my God. That's why I said, I said, God, I got to go to fast because there's something about this place. I don't understand what it is that hell is to, to, to such a degree that it is disturbed, y'all. Hell, the demons in hell, it is literally disturbed over a handful of it's not about us. It's about the spirit that's moving in the place. Hell is upset. It wants to destroy. Why? If it can destroy, then what God has ordained. And I said to him, I said, it's got to be so big. I said, I can't even phantom in my mind what it is. I can't phantom in my mind because the fight, the fight, the fight, even to stay on the air, the fight. The fight is phenomenal. I've never witnessed anything like it in my life. Never. So I know it's got to be something great. I know it's there. I know. I know. Back to scripture. Back to, back to verse number 22. It says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And verse 23 says, and not only they, but what? But ourselves also, uh, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, 
even we ourselves, we're groaning within ourselves. Groaning even within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. In other words, we want to be set free. We want to be set free. Now let's go to, this is the last scriptures. Let's go to John chapter, St. John chapter number 17. St. John chapter number 17. St. John chapter number 17. New Testament, are we there? You know what I'm talking about, that glory? How in the beginning was crowned and God restored? You guys, I need to put some icing on the cake to finalize it so there won't be no question. We're looking at verse number 5 in St. John chapter number 17. Verse 5 says, and now Jesus is speaking. He, 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 he's uh, at a place where he's about to be returning to his father. I want, I want to read verse 1 before we come to verse 5. Verse 1 in chapter 17 of St. John says, These words spake Jesus, because we need to know who's talking. These words spake Jesus, and he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Now, coming down to verse number 5, it says, And now, O Father, because he, Jesus is the second Adam, he says, glorify thou me with what? Thine own what? Self. Are we there? Verse 5, St. John, chapter number 17. We want to go back to that. St. John, chapter 17, verse number 5. Jesus says, and now, O Father, he's praying to God, glorify thou me, meaning Jesus Christ, with thine own self. What God, what does man in the very beginning, Psalms 8, crown with? Crowned with glory and honor, crowned with God, crowned with the resemblance of God, 